Hey everybody and welcome to another exciting, pretty okay episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And I just gotta start out this episode by saying that the members of the Riveted are amazing. I mean, you guys must have had an awesome like game-filled Memorial Day weekend because the Riveted has been blowing up. Great conversations have been had picking up some cool games i love it so much um if you're not a member of the riveted our facebook group definitely find us we'll let you in i promise and today i want to say today's episode is sponsored by our favorite member of the riveted (laughs) that'll make some people mad I know, but it can change every week. So this week's favorite member of the Riveted. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> is Brent. Oh my gosh. Brent is amazing. We posted about this on the Riveted. He 3D printed the holders, the um what what do they call it? What's the real word for that? <laughs> I don't know, the broken token insert deal? Yeah, the the game inserts for Castles of Mad Kane Ludwig. For me. I mean, yeah, Jason's name was on it too, but I really know it was for me. Because I have said many times about how badly I want to get the insert because I do really love that game. And several times I've asked Jason to play it and he's like, well, we're going to set all the pieces up and I just really hate that. And so now we don't have that anymore because they're in this awesome, awesome insert. It's so easy and you just take it out and set it up and it looks so cool and it's amazing. And Brent, you are currently my favorite member of the Rooted. Yeah, it is really nice. It eliminated all the baggies too, which was really cool. Yeah. Now we have even more extra baggies. <laughs> even more baggies. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really so sweet. Like you guys do awesome stuff for us all the time. And we definitely... I'm not we're not pandering for that. I hope you don't think that we want to like force you guys to send us up. No, never. We're just happy to be a part and we're glad that you decide to listen to us every now and again cuz we're pretty solidly okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that amazing of a podcast, but you guys are amazing. So, thank you so much. Special shout out to Brent. Um if other members of the Riveted want to curry my favor, that might be possible in the future <laughs> after i just made that whole disclaimer about uh, how we're, we're not we're not trying to ask you to bring us things but if you send us things that would be awesome <laughs> that's essentially what you said if you wanted to you know paint me something or you know i love shaped meeples or you know you could paint her a picture of a shaped meeple no no yeah. i like landscapes of shaped meeples. <laughs> Not really. But you guys really are awesome. And that was such a cool, unexpected thing. And um, I totally, we totally don't deserve it. Like, I just feel so honored that you guys would think about us, us with stuff like that. So thank you. You're awesome. Brent, gold stars, buddy. For sure. Totally agree. So before I start asking for other things that I really want... I've got a new, I have a new Grail game that I can bring up, but I'm not going to. Gumshoe? Anybody got that game? Gumshoe? Looks awesome. Nobody has that game. I know. That's why it's like $250 on Amazon, and like the cheapest used one in the geek market is like 100 bucks. But it's from the makers of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Oh, you know, that's my jam. Anyway. Yeah, we, we all know that. Yep. 
I guess we should talk about news and not the news about the the games that I want. Speaking of games that I want, this is actually a game that I have. And um, out on Kickstarter right now is the 10th anniversary edition of Tanto Quare. And I just mentioned them, I think, in last week's podcast about what, they're one of my favorite deck builders for sure. Japanama Games, awesome. Um, so another 10th anniversary edition. There are some special made cards. You can get all the different kinds of sets. Um, their Kickstarter has play mats and... Uh, the big box to store everything together. It's got the um, card sleeves. You can also, if you want to pay what I think to be an outrageous amount of money, you can get the 10th anniversary special edition of the game. And it's like an all foil set. But it's just uh, also a chance to get a lot of the Tonto Quarry sets. So... If you're interested and you've heard me talk about it and you're like, let me check this out, go to the Kickstarter. At the airing of this episode, there are five days left, so it's really kind of a tight deadline. Um, and to get like a base box set that's not the all foil edition, and it comes with some other cool stuff too because they've um, they're putting it onto Steam, so they're going to give you the Steam codes. I think for at least the base game, and I think maybe expanding the house, one of the other games. Um, so that's kind of cool too. So it's like a digital in a physical kind of copy for 50 bucks. So that is Tonto Cory 10th anniversary. Yeah, that $100 version is crazy. That's way too much for a game. That That's crazy. Well, that's way too much for you to pay for a game. Yeah, I mean, yes, and yes. It's crazy and it's too much for me to pay for a game. <laughs> I don't know. The all-foil stuff, I think it looks awesome. Like, it's pretty cool. So another game that we do own and have played is chai so chai is coming back to kickstarter a reprint as well as an expansion and the expansion is called chai high tea which i think is adorable um this game is really cool i like it because it's a theme that is not used very often and so you've got tea and you have to make different tea for different customers the expansion now gives you um i think a couple extra teas like horchata and yerba mate um, and you get player powers to use, which is kind of cool. You get these like double-sided ability boards. So you use your ability and then you, as like a free action, and then you can flip it over. And then the other ability is what's available. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, it comes with like solo and co-op rules. I like it. I think it's going to be awesome. So if you missed out on Chai the first time, they also have this deluxe components, which you know I love. The deluxified version has these really awesome metal coins these uh, cute little it just it looks so good a first player token these like 20 new character cards a game tray insert more ability cards some trend these cool translucent flavor tiles like there's a lot of cool stuff in that one but that is chai it's a reprint of chai and also chai high tea and that just started on kickstarter so there's 25 days left to go and if you just wanted to get the expansion it's 20 bucks yeah, that expansion is pretty reasonably priced. That's not bad. But my issue with it is twofold. Two, they just, uh, I think backers just got their games like maybe a month or two ago. And now they're doing another reprint. And the reprint's like $65. Yeah, it's the deluxe edition though. Yeah, I I guess. The $65 pledge is the deluxe edition. You get the game trays in turns. You get the metal coins. You get all the stretch goals. 
that sort of thing. But it's without the expansion. So the expansion just itself is 20 bucks, and that's I think that's a good deal. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm fine with it. Free that. international shipping. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, see? They also, what I think is cool, and you can get a digital download print and play. So if you just want to try it, it's like eight bucks or so, and you can try, try and, um, which a print and play is kind of cool because you can use your own components for this, and it's really, I want to say kind of simple game pieces, so they're easy, I think, to find, like Scrabble tiles would be, could be used for the tea or whatever, or the um, ingredients, so... A lot of people have done like print and plays with this and made it look really cool. So that's like a really, I think, economically feasible option. So that's Chai High Tea. Another sort of expansion yet improvement on the original is a game that we have not played and probably will not play. And that is Kemet. And so Kemet Blood and Sand is on Kickstarter right now. So what's different with Blood and Sand from the original Kemet? So they've kind of simple, simplified some stuff. Um, but they're of like the setup. Um, they're, they simplify the victory points. Um, so they've made a common scoreboard. It is a new game board with uh, two different types of ports, and they've got this like other new stuff happening, an additional tile color. Like they've they've done some updating to Kemet itself, and then also give you more. So with this Kickstarter, you can get this new game. You can also go in and get um, like an upgrade pack for your version one of Kemet, which I think is kind of cool. So it can kind of spruce things up. So it is Kemet, but, you know, it's like Kemet 2.0, basically. But you've got, like, the Egyptian gods in this one and building pyramids. I don't know anything about Kemet at all, the original. Um, only that a lot of people are super into it. And I have no, don't know anyone that owns it, and I've not played it. Yeah, we probably won't play it because I was just looking it up. And the, one, the second mechanism is area, majority, and influence. Ugh. And it has big plastic minis on a map, so I'm out 100% on this. It does, but I know some of you might be interested. I've heard a lot of people love Kemet. Um, there's 18 days left on the Blood and Sand Kickstarter. I probably did not do it justice. I probably totally effed up my <laughs> description of it. Um, so go and check that out yourself on Kickstarter. 18 days left. And the basic to get the game itself is $76-ish. That's not bad for that game with all that minis, with all all that minis, with all those minis. Right. It's for five players and you get all the stretch goals and stuff. And I mean, the cool thing is like you once during in the pledge manager, you go in and say which language that you want it in because it's available in like six languages. Wow, that's cool. I know. English, French, German, Italian, Korean, and Spanish. I think that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's coming kind of Blood and Sand. And that is the news. <laughs> All right, now we're moving on. I'm going to start talking for a little bit. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about some games that we played. And we actually played, well, yes, we'll say that we played all three of these games together. But at least two of the games, we did play all the game together. So we'll start with the first one that we played. And it's one that I've been wanting forever. Well, a year, because it just came out last year. And it's called Guar vs. Time. Oh, man. So you guys might know that we have this little game called ICP, <laughs> Into the Echo Side Deck Builder. 
It may have been mentioned like once <laughs> in like a super deep cut of the podcast. <laughs> and in that game, there's a Guar card. Irrelevant, but because Guar is in that game, I needed to have this deck builder that's about Guar as well. So now I have it, and I'll be doing a review. So this is a deck builder. Uh, you're taking on the role of some pit slaves, some slum dogs, or whatever they call themselves. Scum dogs, slum dog, that's a movie. Yeah, um, he, he turned into a millionaire, that one. <laughs> yeah. And what you're trying to do in this is you are going around defeating some villains. Um, you're conquering new members of Guar, new members of the Guar posse. I don't know what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. And the, But the different thing about this, so it's a normal deck builder and you're fighting some stuff, but the different thing about this one a little bit is on your turn you're going to play a card down. It's going to be called a lead card. The color or suit of the card that you play Everyone else, if they have it in their hand, can also play that on the table to be used as a card in their hand later. And then they get a drawback up to five. So if, say, you're playing a four-player game and it comes to you, you may have nine cards that you get to play because you got to follow suit every single time on someone else's turn, which is pretty neat. Or eight cards, I guess. So that's a pretty cool mechanism. And every time you buy a Guar card, the time track goes down. And once the time track hits zero, that's the end of the game. You're just trying to score a bunch of points. And whoever has a bunch of points is the winner. Yeah, um... You know, the only reason I know anything about Guar is because they're in, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, Empire Records. Do yourself a favor and watch it. It's totally 90s. I love it. So I was like, whatever. I mean, I didn't have any feelings towards ICP either and played their deck builder. I would say the ICP deck builder is vastly superior to this one. I mean, it was okay. The idea of that chaining cards thing is kind of cool because then you've got more that you can do with your hand. Um, But I felt like the text versus the illustrations like were really distracting and the illustrations like took over and they were really hideous anyway like they weren't even like good art i mean have you seen guar i mean i think it's an accurate representation i i could have drawn them like that's (laughs) that's and i am by no means an artist uh so i i I don't think it's that bad (laughs) what do you what do you want to say i can draw some things Sheesh. No, I'm just saying I don't think the art is as bad as you're saying it, it, is. it not is. About your art skills, it's really bad. Like, I mean, part of it is because I have zero interest in Guar and their weird um stick that they have. Whatever you like that Sadama Gogo song. I like that Sadama Gogo song because it's an Empire <laughs> Records. But like, I actually prefer like the ICP deck builders artwork. Even like, it's just uh, stylistically better. I do, I do agree with you. I do think the ICP art is better. Thank you. Yes. And and it's not distracting from the text, which I feel like this is. The text is an afterthought. And I'm like, why don't you just make a comic book or something instead of this game? Uh, like, I felt like the time tracker was kind of silly. Uh, there was no tension. Um, I don't know. It was okay. Not pretty okay. It was just okay. Yeah, I, I was more pumped for it. I, well, I was super pumped for it. And then when I played it, I... Didn't love it as much as I wanted to. I like it more than you, I think, because it's Guar and the nostalgia gets me. But outside of that, like, it's kind of convoluted for a deck builder. There's a lot of rules and, like, timing of things. This kind of makes it more difficult to teach. So, yeah, I would probably not play this as much as other ones. Yeah, but, I mean, if you love Guar and you want to join the band, it's okay. It's all right. It's, I guess, a collector's item. But, yeah, it's all right. Another game that we played this old, older, much older than Guar, um, and the artwork is 
light years better. Um, well, well, it's not older than the band Guar. Oh, that's true. It's older than the game Guar. That's true. I thought we were here in a board game <laughs> podcast, so I assumed it was known that I was talking about we, the, bo- the board we game. We take tangents. We go down tangent tangential roads a lot so sometimes you just gotta specify i mean i know you like to hear the sound of your own voice and just go off for like 20 minutes babe but oh yeah that's so me it is you of both my co-hosts that's <laughs> definitely my problem yes i love how you insulted both joel and i we're gonna gang up on you <laughs> so the game that we played see i'm trying to come back to the focus here the game we played is takaido um my sister and her sister-in-law and my brother-in-law don't play a ton of games, but they do like to branch out and play more games. So we try to even even some of the staples, I think, that are out there that most people have played by now, they haven't. So for Memorial Day, we took some games down and Takedo was one of them. Oh, my gosh. Every time I look at this, it's just so beautiful. It's so like minimalist and yet colorful all at the same time. Um, it's just a very casual, relaxing kind of game, but you're still, and again, I think I like it because it has one of the key elements of a game for me, which is multiple pathways to victory. So like my sister and I were like rocking out the front of the scoreboard, pretty much the whole game. She was exclusively focusing on getting points from the hot springs. And I spent more time, um, I painted like the biggest picture and I was getting friends to work for me. And so like we did two totally different things. I did not get to go to the hot springs at all. I don't, I think she had maybe one friend card. That was it. And so we took really, and I, and I got some souvenirs and she had no souvenirs. So we went kind of total opposite directions um, and still ended up within, you know, maybe five points of each other. So I just think that that is a sign of a good game that you can play it your own way and still be competitive. Um, and it's it's just so beautiful. And, you know, I have a special place in my heart for the Japanese culture and my homeland. So I love Takedo. Yeah, and the, the funny thing was when we played it, um, your sister's sister-in-law said, oh, yeah, this has that same mechanism that's in parks. Because <laughs> we played parks first. Yeah. Where you can move forward and you can't move backwards. Like, so, yeah, well, that's cool that they're, like, piecing it together. Yes, but Parks get it from Takaido. <laughs> right, but she played Parks first, yes. Right, right. So it's just interesting to see to introduce, like, a whole new group of people to kind of the classic board games that kind of brought those mechanisms around. And so I, I, I really liked – we hadn't got it out for a while, and I remembered why it's so good and why we keep it. It's good. I mean, it's not my favorite game, but it's nice to just kind of chill and, you know, take it easy. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the final game we're going to talk about is a game that I was kind of like subbing in. Like I was getting tagged in (laughs) and I was taking turns. So I didn't physically play this. I played like two turns maybe. But the game is Harry Potter Battle of Hogwarts or Hogwarts Battle. I can never remember the actual name of it. But I don't remember this is is a deck builder. So we played a lot of deck builders this week. And this is about Harry Potter and Hogwarts. And it's super mean. And I'm going to let you pick up and talk about it because I was just the, the tag team partner. I don't, I don't know that's super mean. It's not a super mean in a way that a game that you are mean to each other. It's super mean in that the game slaps you around real bad. Um, so I, 
absolutely my I think real bad I think real bad's an understatement. It is. Like it really I forgot how badly it was. And then I kind of felt bad for making my sister and her <laughs> and my brother-in-law and my sister her sister-in-law play it because eh. we even played it like toned down with instead of cuz Jason of course like let's play with everything. Like let's make it impossible. I want to ruin everyone's hope. And I hate that, but he does it anyway, so I'm used to that. So we scaled it down two villains instead of three. We played a super easy version of it. Not super easy. Super easy is where you play with one villain. One villain, am, that's just lame. Am I telling the story or are you? Sorry, you're right. Okay, thank you. So we played with two, which is uh, easier. And we didn't play with the Horcruxes, which is like at the advanced stage. So each person is a member of the Harry Potter crew. You've got the Golden Trio. You can be Hermione, Harry, or Ron. Um, there's also Neville. And then we have the expansion so that we can also play with Luna. So uh, Neville sought this one out. And I played Hermione because I always do. And my sister was Harry. Um, and then my sister-in-law played Luna. And then my brother-in-law was uh, Ron, which cracked me up. So, because I really like Harry Potter. Um, and I'm like, okay, so you take, you each have your individual deck, which I love. Because, yeah, you have a bunch of cards that are the same. But then you each have three special cards that are unique to your character. And they're thematic. And they fit your character. And your character has ability that also really is thematic. So um, that was really... That's a really fun part of it. And then you're trying to gain attack to fight the villains. And eventually get to Voldemort. Um, while not not letting the Death Eaters take over a certain number of locations. So we had three locations that we played with. Um, whew, we got beat so bad. I mean, like, so bad yeah it was it was rough I, it, it was pretty rough i think we defeated two villains out of i don't know how many were in there i think there's 10 or 12 or something like that i mean ugh, it it was we and then i felt bad because at the end of it everyone looked so demoralized i was like oh <laughs> uh yeah this game is really hard i did mention that um uh, <laughs> yeah it is hard but i th- i think they liked it because i think they like seeing the cards come out and that they're interesting I would try and play it with them again and go super light to hook them in and then maybe make it a little bit harder. Um, Because they were like, has anyone ever won this game? And Jason and I have won it before. Um, But it, yeah, it's hard. I'm trying to decide if it's easier to play at lower player counts or not. Uh, Just because you've got less chance of getting hit. Right. There's less chance of people getting stunned, like three people getting stunned on a turn. Because that's rough. Yeah. But I still really like it because it's an excellent thematic deck builder. And I do love me some deck builders. So that was Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter, I think it's Battle for Hogwarts. Maybe. I don't know. It's right behind you in the room you're recording. Just look at it. Yeah, but it's in the uh, the board game bag because I didn't put stuff away. Mm. So you'll hear and then you hear if I try to take stuff out. Or if you just put it away when we came home like you're supposed to do, then it wouldn't be a problem. But Well, that's true, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and that didn't happen. Okay, so that's what we played. All right, so today's feature, or this week's feature, tonight's feature, next week's feature, whenever you're listening to it, whatever, the <laughs> feature of this episode is about filler games. So... We wanted to talk about games that are our favorite filler games. So now here's the caveat. A filler game can mean different things to different people. True. So and I and I think we both have different meanings of what we think a filler game is. 
So what I picked is a game that doesn't have a ton of setup and can be played in about 20 minutes-ish, 20 to 25 minutes. I'm not sure what you did, so you can go ahead and explain what you did. Um, I picked similar. It's a game that is light, so it's not overly thinky. Um, it's a game with kind of minimal um, directions and actions. So like, I think all of mine, you you basically only have like one or two things that you do. And mine tend to be small boxes. Um, yeah, mine, mine too. But it's just like a filler for me is a game that you pull out between maybe bigger games that require larger setup, lots of involvement, um, people paying attention, you know, the turns are moving, thinking is happening, strategizing is happening. But a filler game is something like light. It's a little bit of a brain break also. It's easy to whip out the table. Um, and sometimes it's just like a time filler also where, oh, hey, you know, we're going to sit and wait to be seated at a restaurant, which we're now starting to be able to do again in Ohio. Um, let's break out like a little game to play just to kind of fill the time. So th- that was my filler. Yeah. I mean, I think we were mostly on the same page, but I was really trying to get like a big, a bigger game in mind. I was trying. I was trying to find a big box game that I would consider a filler and it just, just didn't pan out. So that being said, tell us what your first one is. So my first one is a little game called Hoax. And I really like Hoax. Um, I like it better than a lot of other kind of social deduction hidden role games, which is what Hoax is. You get three to six players. They have a secret identity, um, someone in a family. So it could be the son-in-law. It could be the sister. I don't remember all the family members. Could be the lawyer. I don't remember it's been a while. There's a bunch of them. Um, I think there's a gardener. Gardener, sure. So each of these people are like competing for um, like an inheritance. But basically the game is whatever my character is, they have a certain power. And so those powers can like protect you from other people, from accusing you or from taking your stuff. They can give you stuff, um, which are things that will help you like make accusations and find out investigate people to see what they are so it can be short it can be a little bit longer but you basically go around and you're trying to figure out who everyone's identity is um so that you can eliminate them because you want to catch them in a lie so if someone goes oh i'm the chef you can say no you're not and accuse them if you have the right like items um and then if you caught their lie they're exposed they're out and so you're trying to be the one that's left. But if you're wrong, they win. Yes. So it can be over like in a blink too. And um, I like it better than like Coup and um, just a lot of those games. It's it's more lighthearted, I feel like. And it's really easy. And there's some bl- like mild bluffing, but you could totally play it straight the whole time. And you Yeah, that's true. You could insist you could. like, uh, I'm the lover and just keep pulling. And if that's really your clue and you just keep saying it um no matter what that can be really helpful or if you know someone else is a certain if someone else is the butler and they know that you know that the butler but they've been pretending to be the chef and you don't call them out then you could say that you're the butler and they wouldn't dare call you out with incriminating themselves so it's like a fun little game of intrigue it can be super quick it's super light and it's got that like easy it's party game feel, but it's only it only goes up to six players. Um, so that is hoax. That is my first pick. 
Yeah, this is a good one. And yeah, I think part of the reason why, well, I, I don't know what I didn't decide, but I think the reason why you said you put this on here is you can play around in like five minutes. So you can play multiple rounds if you want to, or just stop after one and then move on. Yeah. And that's why for me, that was another kind of key factor is if a filler game is something that I could play, like if you play it once and it's quick and we're like, oh yeah, that was good. Let's try it again. And it, it doesn't take a big, long time to set up again, to replay again, whatever. That, for me, is a, is a good filler. All right, so my first one is actually a game that is pretty new to me. And I think part of the reason is is because we don't have a ton of filler games. True. Like, we were, we were looking through our shelves. And, like, we have some lighter games, but all of them take, like, 30 to 45 minutes. And... While that could be considered a filler game if you're putting it between the Gallerist and Lisboa, <laughs> right? it's not a filler game. So we don't have a ton of these, so this list was kind of difficult. But one that I played recently that I really enjoy is called Rice Dice. And this is uh, the rice, or the rice, duh, the dice version of Spirits of the Rice Patty. And of the three that I have on my list, this is probably going to be the heaviest one, only because it has more complicated rules than the other two. Yeah. So in this one, you're rolling some dice, and based on the result of the dice, you get to take some actions. You may get to harvest your field. You may get to plant your field. You may get to put some water in your field or release water from your field or put weeds in other people's field or draw extra cards to make your patty bigger. What you're trying to do is you're trying to be the first person to harvest 100 rice to win the game. Uh, each patty has is worth a different amount when it's harvested. They all have a special ability. Like sometimes you may get like, 25 points if you just roll random stuff on the dice so it's yeah it's a little bit of strategy but it's an awful lot of luck too because again you're just rolling dice but it's really fun um it takes 25 30 minutes to play even at the higher player count which i think is five or six but i've only played it at four so i might be a little off base but it's fast it's fun super easy in a small box so to me it qualifies and that is rice dice yeah, it's a good one. It can be really quick depending on like how like the cards align and what your rice patties like special abilities are, where you're getting points from. Yeah, it's cool. And so easy. Like just a few little cards and some dice, that's it. And a nice little box. Yep. So my second one is what I was <laughs> I didn't think about it when I put it on the list, but it is so similar in mechanics to hoax. And that is Ravenous River. I picked this game up for like maybe five bucks or something on like an AEG sale. And it is one of my favorite small little games because it's a little box game and it's so awesome. So it's another one of those hidden rolls and you have a hidden roll of an animal. And so it's like this, it's based kind of on the classic like riddle of you've got a fox and a hen and some corn and um, you're trying to get them across the river in a boat and you can only take two at a time. And who do you take? So one doesn't eat the other. Um, it's like that. So you have a... I didn't even know that. You never heard of that riddle before? No, I don't know any of that stuff. You should know that. But it's like ridiculously common. All right. You know where I came from. I, I realize that. Okay. Anyone else, please tell me that this is a normal thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay it might be a, like a duck instead of a chicken or some, a hen or something but it's some kind of fowl some kind of grain a fox and then maybe a man i don't know but they're trying to get across river only two can go across at a time and you can't take two that eat each other and then you can't leave ones on the bank that'll eat each other either so there's a very specific way to have to do it ravenous river is like that um because there's this whole kind of i don't want to say circle of life but there's this food chain happening 
from a mouse all the way up to a lion. And then the lion is scared of the mouse, so they can't be together. So you've got these seven animals and that they each have that they have a prey and they have a predator. So you want to get your animal in a boat with someone that is not its predator. So it can cross the river to get to the other bank where it does not end up with one of its predators to get points. And you can even get extra points if your prey ends up with you. So you can eat them either in the boat or on the bank or both. And that's a lot of points. So that's what's really awesome. Um, so you don't move only your animal. You can move any animal you want. So you're trying to give away whose animal you're back, what animal you're actually backing or invested in. You're moving animals into boats. You're moving animals onto the shore. Um, and you've got a couple little action cards that can let you like do things out of turn or do things kind of out of the ordinary. But for the most part, you're placing an animal or moving an animal. That's all to this game. And so it's kind of like a little bit of thinky, like strategy and, okay, where do I want to put my animal? What other animals do I want to move? How can I get the best? Is it easier if I just don't even get on the boat and try to survive back at the bank? I don't get as many points back here, but I won't get eaten. Um, it's really, it's a really fun, neat little game. It plays up to seven players because there's seven animals, which I think is really cool. Um but it's super quick and at the end you're like, oh, let's do it again. Because as soon as like all the boats get full or um, someone's done with both the cards in their hand, you vote and say, are we going to end the round or not? So then you're like looking like, okay, where's my animal? Should I just end the round now and just cut my losses? Or I'm in a great place where I'm like, no, 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 don't end it. Who else is going to agree with you? Um, it's super great. And that's uh, Ravenous River. So worth it. Yeah, this is a really fun game. We played this a lot when we first got it, and it's been a while since we played it now. I know. I'd like to break it out again because it is super just easy, nice little filler, and it's wicked. Like, you can get it for wicked cheap. Like, even looking at the geek market right now, there's one, like, new for 5 bucks. There's a brand new one for $7 out there, and it's cheap. It's worth more than that, but since it's so cheap, you will play the crap out of that and get your money out of it. Like, this is a great one to sit down at a table while you're waiting for dinner to be served or you're just sitting around to play because you can go through a bunch of rounds um, and just have a good time. I love it. Ravenous River. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the next one I want to talk about is a card game. It's an auction game, and it is called For Sale. So this game is essentially an auction. It's a two-part auction, and in the first half of the game, you're going to be using these money cards that you have in your hand to buy different types of properties. You could go from like a sewer or a cardboard box, I can't remember which one is worse, up to like a space station, which is the best. So you're trying to spend the least amount of money to get the best building that you can because in the second half of the game, you're going to be trying to earn money by selling your buildings. So actually in the first half, you use coins to buy mm -hmm. the buildings. In the second half, you're using buildings to get cards of money. So you may be able to, if you play your cards correctly, you may be able to sell that cardboard box for a whole pile of money, depending on how the money cards come out and around. So it's a cool game. It's fast. I think, I know there's only like 30 some cards. So everybody's playing like two or three rounds in each part of it, I think. Doesn't take a long time, 30 minutes. Um, you're just collect, collecting some cards, trying to end with the most money. And you can play up to, I think, uh, five or six people, maybe more than that. So this could be considered party game territory too, but... For me, I'm going to classify it as a filler because it's fast, and then you move on to something bigger. So that's for sale. Yeah, I'm not very good at this game, but it's really fun. It goes up to six players. 
It's three to six. Um, but it is like, and we have like a really tiny version, don't we? Yeah, it came in like, it looked like it just came in a normal deck of card box. And you had to punch all the card, uh, the coins out of a card. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is super quick and it's fun. So it's like another easy one to teach and pull out and play through it. Um, yeah, I like this game. It's a good one. That's why I almost picked it, but I gave it to you. <laughs> you did, you did. I was struggling. I was struggling. So my last one is also a card game, and it is an early part of our collection. It was an early game to our collection, and I love it. And that is Love Letter. Um, I love the theme. I think that's so cool. We also have the Deluxified Edition, which I love the wooden hearts and the box and the extra sets of characters so you can play it with eight up to eight people. And oh, I love the card sleeves that come in it. I love the tarot size cards in that one. It's great. But the little one, I had a, a regular just set that I carried around in my purse for forever um, because it's so small, a little drawstring bag. And you could just sit and play it anywhere with people. And it's super easy. You have a card. On your turn, you draw a card. You play one of those cards. That That's it. Yeah, pretty much. And But a, another reason why I love this and why I love also Hoax and Ravenous for all of my choices is that it's a deceptively small game, but the play is smart. You're thinking what your other opponents are doing. Um, much like hoax, you're trying to be the last one standing in love letter and have the highest card because you want to get your love letter to the princess. Um, we also have the Batman version, which is really cool and that's fun to play. Um, I've heard that there is a Marvel version. Jason was telling me that's kind of has like a one versus all kind of mechanic. That's not in the original, but I would still play it too. Um, but love letter again, it's super easy to teach. Like here, you draw this card, you draw a card, you play a card. Um, and then after people play one round and it's, the game is predicated on playing multiple rounds, people get it and they get into it. Um, I went on, I was a chaperone for a youth event. And so all we were hanging out waiting for like the evening. We had like the afternoon free and I taught the girls in my group how to play this and they're first like okay what does this do what does this do i said we'll play the first round open hand and i explained to them what all the different cards did second round they were like throwing cards down like calling people out like i bet you have the princess i know you do i can see it all over your face it was great like they were super into it and so it was quick and they played it probably the rest of the weekend because they could when after they were if they were after dinner waiting around they would whip it out play it real quick um super easy easy to put away when you had to go do something else um but fun and makes your brain work a little bit so that's love letter yeah, this is a good one. We played this one a mm-hmm. lot. We played Batman. I think we, I actually played Batman fairly recently. I don't know if it was church camp or something last year, but that's pretty recent still. And it was still a good time. It was fun. It was trying to punch the Joker in his stupid face. All that stuff. Good times. Good yeah. Times. It's real good. It's a real good game. And actually, the Batman version is like super rare from what I've heard. Like, it's hard to get. Yeah, I don't know why. It's odd. I know. Like, I just looking at the geek market, there's like one for 50. Like fifty bucks. That's in very good condition. I'm gonna put mine up there for forty. I'm gonna undercut them. Well, ours is not even in very good condition. Like we have played the crap <laughs> out of it. <laughs> We'd have to sell it for like ten dollars. <laughs> like, sorry, man. Like this one's been rough. I mean, you get the game, but we have played it well because it is such an easy one to play multiple rounds in. Once people like understand what they're doing, they're like, "Yeah, let's do that again." Oh, okay, I get it. And yeah, I want to do that again. And that's what I think is for me a great filler game. 
Yep, I agree. All right, so the last one I want to talk about is a game that I actually just played for the first time two days ago. So, uh, call me call to the new, <laughs> new whatever. Um, it's a fairly new game. I'm not even sure if it's out yet. I don't know. Again, we're pretty okay. I should have done my research, and I would know that I'll answer. Do your research while you're talking. But, okay, but I don't. I do know it's from Bezier Games, and I do know it's in the Silver series. So before it was Silver, Silver Bullet. But the game I'm going to talk about is Silver Coin. I haven't played Silver. I haven't played Silver Bullet, so I can only speak to this one. And this past weekend, uh, we had some some friends over, and Katie was doing her consulting detective thing, and I was doing other things with fun games and we played silver coin four times in a row four complete games of silver coin in a row which the reason i picked this game is it takes place over four rounds kind of like love letter where you need to get like five hearts and this one you just have to have the most points in four rounds and what you're trying to do in this is you you're starting out with five cards face down in front of you they have a value of zero to 13 and the zero and 13 have special abilities at the end of the round if you can get them face up what you're trying to do here is you're trying to get the least amount of of numbers on your side. So the sum. So if I have three on my side, I want to I want to try to call and say that I have a less value than my opponent. It's a four player game, but I only played it at two. So you're trying to do this by each card has a special ability. On your turn, you're going to decide if you want to use the special ability on the card. If you want to just swap it out with a card you have in your line, because you got to look at them eventually and remember what's down there. Or if you're going to take the discard pile that's face up, bring it into your village. So now you have a face up card, which opens up a whole other bunch of possibilities. It's it's kind of a cool game because you're trying to read your opponent and figure out like, you know, I saw you take that card and you gave it to me real quickly. But are you giving me a good card and you think that I'm going to think it's a bad card and I won't flip it over and I'll give it back to you? Kind of that prisoner dilemma thing. And then it's just it's just interesting the way that it works out. I It's an awful explanation because it's kind of a funky like mechanism well, you haven't even talked about the but, theme at all which is about werewolves yes it's so essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to have the most werewolf the least werewolf points in your village and that means the lowest amount of scores but in the game there's actually a werewolf card which if you can get that face up at the end of the round it's going to make all your other cards if they're less than 13 it's going to essentially say that your village doesn't have any werewolves yeah it has a werewolf theme but at the end of the day there's no theme your random villagers in this town <laughs> And you're trying to flip cards over. I, 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 there's no theme to this game at all. It has a werewolf in it arbitrarily, but it could have been monkeys or bananas or whatever. It didn't matter. But yeah, that's uh, Silver Coin. Terrible description of the game. But uh, we have a video that Joel did of Silver on our YouTube channel. So if you want to kind of see what happens, you can go check that one out. You can mix all the sets you together. Can. So I'm assuming that, sil- that Silver and Silver Coin function the same way they just have different abilities yeah so yeah go check each that out. version of the game is different card abilities and a different silver token ability um so this actually is not out yet Ooh, look at you mr fancy pants put putting oh, stuff on co- lists that doesn't people can't even get oh, i just pulled a z exactly, garcia pulled a z. Oh. it's available for pre-order now on bezier you can also or our miniature market it's like 18 bucks on miniature market but they said they're going to start shipping bezier said they're going to start shipping it in june so it it's coming really soon so it's not that far off Maybe I need to do a video for this. I don't even know why I have this game. I don't know either, but you should probably. But yeah, Bezier didn't send they it didn't? to me. I I know I didn't buy it because <laughs> why would I buy this <laughs> that game? Makes it seem like oh, it just fell off the back of no, a truck. I, we don't know how we got no, it. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I 
think I got this weird like demo box that had a bunch of terrible games in it. And then this was the one good game that I, I saw Bezier's name and I knew Silver was good mm-hmm. from because Joel said so. So I was like, well, this is Silver Coin. Maybe it kind of goes with that. So I just put it up on the shelf. It's been up there since I got it, I think. And then Brandon's like, hey, we should play this game because I played it in as cool. So we busted it out and played it. And I was like, oh, this is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so it's, it's worth checking out. Um, and yeah, you should do a video, babe, because it doesn't even have any rating. It doesn't have like a an average rating on bgg yet it only has seven ratings and five comments so oh man there's no man versus meeple video from two years ago there's not there is a dad versus daughter and game boy geek which were three months ago and then you've got some other people trying to tantrum house move in or whatever but yeah interesting all right so that's Silver Coin. That's the actual name of mine, Silver Coin. Yeah, so our favorite filler games, Hoax. Well, mine are Hoax, Ravenous River, and Love Letter. And Jason's are... Rice Dice, For Sale, and Silver Coin. So what about you guys? Like, for us, we don't play a lot of filler games because we sit down with, like, a heavy game, and, like, that is our f- full focus. Um, not that we don't like filler games. We do. So tell us what are some great ones. We need to expand our collection of filler games. For sure. We haven't bought any in a long time. So what's your favorite filler games? And what do you think is a filler game? Is it a short game? Is it um, a simple game? Is it like a a small footprint game? Tell us. Find us on Facebook. Our Facebook group, group, hashtag The Riveted, is full of amazing people like Brent and others that send me stuff who can be featured in future podcasts. And who don't send us stuff. There are other cool people yeah, in there, and, too. and there's those other guys. that Everybody in there is cool. They Everybody's are. In it's, cool. it's a pretty okay group where we no one's, no one's hating, no one's trolling, no one's spouting political nonsense. We're just all talking about games and having a good time. We don't make anybody feel bad if you're playing a new game. We don't make you feel bad if you're playing minis. We don't make you feel bad if you're playing Monopoly. Uh, we kind of do give Tim a hard time for playing minis. But, but we still support him. That's true. It's it's mostly just jokes. It's mostly it is. It's mostly just jokes. So find us there on Facebook. Um, we've got an Instagram page. We got Twitter accounts. We have a YouTube uh, channel that Jason has lots of reviews on, and we're supposed to be getting like one a, a Kickstarter soon that we backed. And so I'm gonna try and do some unboxing videos. I should do some unboxing videos of stuff that we get. Like we got this crazy game the other day. Um, it was a package from Poland, and it was all wrapped, all crazy. And I'm trying to figure out where it's from and how to cut into it. That would have made for a great video, but I failed you guys. That that would have made for a great video. So next time. Next time I'll do that. Um, so, yeah, check out our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe so you can see the pretty okay stuff that we're doing here. Um, and, and really, the best thing about this podcast is all the awesome people um that are part of the community like it's great there i've had a few bad experiences in my life as a female in the board game the nerd culture but none of them have come from any members of the riveted because they are all pretty awesome and so for us from us here who are just pretty okay i've been katie and i'm jason keep gaming everybody keep gaming